Hey everybody, this is a remix. This is your engineering gal Maritza Bravo filling in today for Amy Carr and I'm so excited. Welcome to the Gals Chat podcast powered by engineering gals. I am your co-host Maritza and this is your co-host Lara. In today's episode of the podcast, we're interviewing Giovanna Tomioto. Giovanna is a fitness model and a tattooed metalhead who works in Los Angeles, California as a controls engineer. In her profession, she marries art with logic to control the artistic spectacle of flowing water with shooting fire. Welcome, Giovanna. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you, guys. So good to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Um, just wanted to say before we dive into anything, how I think what you guys do is amazing. Um, just getting the word out there and, and bonding like female together that are all in this journey and Again, thank you for having me on. Thank you for being part of it. We're so excited uh, to dig deeper into your story and get to know you better because we really love uh, what you stand for and what you represent. So we really want more people to learn about you. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your path from Brazil to the U.S.? Because you you mentioned that uh, you're originally from Brazil. Yeah, yes, I am. So I think on my path, a lot of the things just kind of flow together on the sense of um, I started playing tennis when I was very young and in Brazil tennis is a sport that you don't really get to play in school like you do here in the United States once you turn 18 once you finish high school and you had to do all the playing by yourself it's not related at all to your school it's always independent you have to choose if you want to become a professional player professional athlete or if you want to continue your education and now, going back a little bit, when I was 12 years old, I actually already knew that I wanted to be an aerospace engineer. <laughs> so those things kind of just always went together in my life. And I continued to play tennis. I traveled all over the, the country, meaning Brazil, um, to play tennis tournaments. And I also continued to you know, go to school. I moved actually from one city to another to be able to play in a better facility, but I still continued my education. And when I was 18, I decided I didn't want to do both to either. I didn't want to become a pro and I didn't want to have to decide between going to school or becoming a pro. So mm -hmm. that's when the opportunity to come to this country came up. I had the amazing opportunity to go to this school called Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. I contacted the coach and they are actually, not many people know about that, uh, but they are number one in the country for aerospace engineering. And for, I think, maybe 18 years in a row now, or maybe more, but it is a, an amazing school, really, for me that wanted to be an aerospace engineer. And they had this incredible tennis program, so it was a no-brainer especially after going to, to Daytona, I got to, to meet the, the tennis coach and um, just go around. I remember that it was so amazing to me that I was able to go on the sand. I don't know if you've guys been to Daytona Beach before, and I know that there are other places in the United States too, they're able to take your car in the sand. Mm -hmm. But it was just so cool to me as this you know little girl from Brazil coming here <laughs> and seeing all the amazing things that this country had and going in the sand, I was like, this is a movie. And I was just so, <laughs> so happy. How, old were, how yeah. old were you? 
Um, so I was 17 when I came out here to, uh-huh. you know, see, I went to a couple different schools that I, that I was seeing that I was deciding between. I went to, um, in the Institute of Technology in Florida, Florida Institute of Technology, then MIT, and then Embry-Riddle. Those were my, the three ones that I was deciding in between. And like I said, I just fell in love with, with Daytona Beach and as, a someone who was so into airspace and aeronauticals and all of that, if you just walk around the campus in Daytona, you're able to constantly look up and see all these little airplanes going up and down. And it's this super cool looking school that is very, you know, technological. And it was just so cool to me. And um, I was offered a, a scholarship and I got to meet some of the girls on the tennis team as well. And I knew that that's where I wanted to be. I was just so, so happy with the opportunity of being able to, you know, not having to choose and doing both things um, with my career. That's amazing. That's so cool. Choosing engineering or tennis, exactly. Like that would have been a really hard decision. I could just imagine. So my question to you, Giovanna, is this Daytona, Florida that you're mentioning? At the yes, University? Daytona Beach, Florida. You guys know Orlando, right? Disney and yeah. all of that. It's about, yeah. um, I would say like 45 minutes north and on the beach, yeah. It used to be a very big place for you know spring break and all of that. Um, it's not as much anymore, but there's Bike Week, which is uh, the largest uh, motorcycle event in the entire country. It's over there. And they also have NASCAR. So those are the That's two things cool. that Daytona is very well known for. How is your whole experience as a international student coming here in the U.S.? So I was always traveling a lot for tennis as a young kid back in Brazil. So on that side, I already had to be very independent, but it was also, uh, I was always, even though I was far from my parents doing all the traveling, it was still, I guess, the same country. And now I'm here all by myself. But honestly, being being a part of the tennis team, the coach and all the girls, they made me feel like like I was family. It was really, really great. And, and just, I think the whole college experience in the United States is so different than it is um, in Brazil. Um, being a freshman and, and living on campus is just very inclusive. And I didn't have any any problems with that. If anything, I, I think it was you know even easier than it would have been um, if I were back in Brazil. It's just so great how much they're, you know, just brought me in and, and made me feel like I was home. Yeah, that sounds like a really great experience. I'm like so happy that you got to experience that and you found the right place for you after after you moved. So you mentioned that you knew since a young age that you wanted to go into engineering. Can you tell us a little more like what inspired you or what was the defining moment where you knew that, hey, I want to go into engineering like this is for me. You said you were 12 years old. I'm really curious to know because I mean, for me personally, like I didn't know about engineering until I got to college, to be honest. So can you tell us a little bit more about about that? Yeah, sure. I've always been a very curious person. And honestly, this is one of the my, my mantras that, that I'd say is that I think everyone is born an engineer. We're all born engineers in the sense that everything that we do from the time that we're born is it's a new experience. And you're always curious, you know, you you want to know what's happening and you don't know. So it's all about how much you continue to feed um, the curiosity that you have as a, as a child. 
And I continued very much so when I had people around me, uh, my parents were great on that sense of just feeding into that and whatever I wanted to know more about, they gave me all the tools that I needed to be able to, to learn more. So even today, like it's just part of who I am. If I go get a facial, I want to know everything that the person is doing and why they're doing and, and how it works. It's just a big part of, of me being a curious person and knowing how things work. So I would, you know, take things apart and then try to figure out how they worked. And I also loved looking at the stars <laughs> and I just, you know, kind of put things together and, there was also this part of me that always liked, in a way, of proving people wrong, if that makes any sense. So <laughs> yeah, when was, um, I'm this, you know, 12 year old in Brazil, and I, you know, start telling my friends, you know, I want to be an engineer and I want to um, do, make, build things that go into space, and they sometimes literally would laugh at me, and somehow that just fed my drive and just made me want to, you know, actually do it. Because being in Brazil and in this like small cities, like it's just that did not sound something that would be possible at all. But again, it just fed my drive. Um, did you have like a specific engineering that you went into? I think you mentioned like aer uh, aeronautical. Um, but what what was your college uh, journey with engineering? Did you end up getting a degree in uh, mechanical engineering or aerospace and how did you transition into your current role? Yeah, so I started out um, studying aerospace engineering. And as times, um, you know, I took all the classes that you need to for basic engineers, and, and they're pretty much the same for all of them. And the one thing that I learned was that me being from Brazil and wanting to go into the aerospace industry, um, their aerospace industry can be very closed off in the sense that they, they're very defend, they have like their defense and they often will not hire people um, that are not Americans. Mm -hmm. So I met a lot of people that were uh, working in the aerospace industry and they were mechanical engineers instead. So I didn't want to close off my gaps going to something that would be so specific. And on the other way around, going towards mechanical engineering, I opened a little bit my, you know, my options uh, because I, I knew that I wanted to, to stay in the United States. And if I wanted to work in the aerospace industry, I still could. But now I would get a little bit more of a broader education. And I'm so glad I did because that's how I ended up in control systems, which was a, a type of engineer, engineering that I didn't even know existed. And I think it's still not an engineering that is much talked about. And it is growing so much because controls engineering... It's all about making systems automated, controlling them and making system automated. And in systems, I'm talking about anything from, you know, programming a, a little device to, to programming an entire, you know, which I, I've worked on like power plants. Um, and so controls engineering is growing, if anything, more and more because nowadays things are becoming more and more automated and we're still not, not too, uh, I guess would say like caught up with the education even. Like there are not even mm -hmm. uh, places where you can go and, and major on control systems. I think there's a couple, but it's not really well known about. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's a more like a separate discipline that you go into based on the experience that you get in industry. Would that be like yeah. a, good, a correct way to describe it? 
Yeah, because what happens with control systems is um, you need to know a little bit about a lot. Um, mm -hmm. What I do, I need to know electrical engineering. I need to know about uh, mechanical engineering. I need to know a, um, a lot of things and that, you know, you can only get a background on if you go to and study those engineering and then the control systems part of it is just kind of, you know, learn um, not by yourself, but taking more specific courses, if you will. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I took, I think, one course in control systems in, in school. And, and that was the extent of all I did in college, specifically related to mm -hmm. control systems. And then yeah. everything else I've just learned, you know, I've applied all the, the mechanical engineering that I've learned in school. I've learned a lot about electrical, but the control system itself is just, you know, about learning in practice in a way and just learn by doing. On the job, right. No, I totally agree. I feel like usually after graduation, you end up learning so much more while you're on the job than possibly from your classes. I feel like classes give you that basic foundation of what you need, but then you really are able to learn so much more by applying it on different situations. So what what specific industry are you in or what does your day-to-day -day as an engineer look like? Because you talk about marrying the art of logic uh, to control and tell us a little bit more about what your, your job description entails or kind of what your day-to-day -day looks like. Yeah. So um, most of my career, I've worked in the hydropower industry, which is, um, you know, electricity that you, you have in your home. Mm -hmm. And but hydro, so it's all related to water, re uh, renewable energy. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And you it's another thing that I wish we learned more about and not just in engineering school, which honestly, I went to engineering school and I barely learned about um the power grid, but I think it's honestly something that we should learn even about in, in high school because the power grid, it's literally the largest machine ever built by men, the power grid. And if you think about it, the, the electricity that you get in your house, like right now, if you like turn the light switch, that, that electricity is being generated at this very specific moment. So it's traveling um, at this very moment. So it's instantly coming from like the, the the words being generated to you and the control system that, that is behind making that work, making sure every single person in their homes have electricity as it's needed. And, you know, we, it's all stable and it's not, um, it's very specific. Like you need to be at 60 Hertz in, in the United States and you can go above, you can go below. And it's a lot of control system theory that uh, really taught me a lot that I, I can only, I think, Control system started actually with governors. That is what's controlling the speed inside hydropower plants, and not not necessarily just hydropower plants in power plants general. But it, we just don't learn about it, and it's so important. It's literally like if you go one day without electricity or a couple hours without electricity, you're like, oh my god, you know what's happening? But we don't think we don't think about what is happening behind it for you to be able to have that electricity right now at this moment. And, and so, so did, you, did you guys learn anything about it back in, in school? So I was going to say that the only way I heard about the grid or when I, the first time I heard about the grid, I was a little confused, but I, but I was able to learn about it because I went to the University of Connecticut and they have a cogeneration plant where they're able to generate the 
power and electricity right there on campus to provide for campus. So anything that was extra, I guess, gets sold back to the grid. But that was the only time I was able to learn about it and learn about the control systems and engineering behind what it takes to generate that much power and that much electricity to keep campus running. So I was like completely amazed. And yeah, I mean, I did a little bit of I used to do tours of the plant. So I had to learn the technical things behind it. But in all honesty, I feel like there's so much more that goes into it that I never fully got to learn about that it's it's like a yeah. it's insane it truly really is <laughs> yeah my my boss who was a, a huge mentor for me he had been in the industry for so many years and he would he would always tell me that like every single day he was learning something new because it's it's just such a complex control system that is just it, it amazes me because um mm-hmm. back in the day i mean power plants been around for a very long time and all of that used to be done you know by by links and levers and and now all of that is done inside computers so that's one of the things that was also always mm-hmm. so fascinating to me that you know they, they came up with that and added all of those those different links and levers and everything else that they needed to be able to control the same thing that i'm doing in a computer that is such so complex, like mathematically to be able to do the exact same thing. Yeah, well, my experience with hydro plants and just control systems overall, um, I actually interned for the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power, and I was in their power section. And I learned all about their hydro plants. And, you know, in California, we are trying our best to reach renewable energy sources. So I know here in California, it's huge when it comes to that. So that's really interesting that, you know, we have a control engineer here who is designing, you know, our system for renewable energy. So that's so amazing, Giovanna. You know, I hopped on onto your Instagram because, you know, that's the way we found you for this podcast. And I was so amazed about how even in Brazil, they're publishing your work and the things that you're doing here in the U.S. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Brazilian Times and how that article went all about? Yeah. When I did work in hydroelectric power, I actually worked in Brazil quite a bit. And we did a, a project that was controlling an existing system that um, did not, the O&M manu, uh, manufacturer didn't um, make them anymore. So we, in a way, hacked into an existing system. Hacked, it sounds like a, a rough word, but we were able to control an existing system with our own um, control system equipment. So it was a very interesting and very challenging job. Uh, I ended up being down in Brazil for over three months and we were working very, very long hours, but it was just so amazing and gratifying that um, that was actually just about, a, a, I would say, uh, two years ago. And one of their technicians just reached out to me the other day to say how to this day, that is by far the, the fastest turbine that they have to connect to the power grid. That every time they like tar- try to connect to the power grid from another plant, they, they sometimes mention, oh, if it had been at that power plant, that would already have been online. And online mean you're connected to the power grid. And, and that's all because of the control system that we were able to implement there and, and to tune it properly. So it's just, it's so amazing and, and gratifying to, to be able to have been part of, of all of that. And on that note, I was the, the youngest in the United States, but I was, I was actually the first female to commission, so get back online um, 
hydro turbines in Brazil. So I was the first ever female to do that. So they reached out to me and they wanted to, to write an article. Congratulations. About. That's something to definitely celebrate about. Oh my God. Thank you very much. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, so being the first woman in Brazil, huh? So like, how do you, you know, you're the first woman and obviously you don't want to be the last, right? So like, how, like, what do you do in order to inspire more Brazilian women to become engineers? So I try uh, and I'm starting to do more with, you know, using Instagram as a tool for that. But um, most of what I've done to be able to help, help in that sense has been in, here in the United States because it's where I'm physically present. I've been to different high schools, had different projects with, with you know, younger kids. And I actually spoke at the, there was a hydroelectric power, uh, so hydroelectric event. It's the largest one in the world. It's called Hydrovision, and I wrote an article with my friend Ashley who wrote this article, and I presented about how to attract women to hydro, and it was it got very good um, feedback from people, and some people reached out to me of how I could, you know, speak with at different um, schools as well, but I tried to get involved as much as I can, especially with kids, because like going back to what I said before about us, you know, we're born curious. And if you feed that drive and if you feed that saying that, yes, it's okay to be curious, it's it's not um, a man's job, you know, let, let, let me show you what I've done. Let me guide you through this fun thing. So I think that that's what's the most important and the easiest way to get um, girls to be interested in doing that is when they're at a young age. Yeah, I, I totally agree. One of my favorite parts of doing outreach is also working with kids because I think that's when they're the most curious and open to learning and they don't have that fear of maybe failing at something. So it's important to show them um, what other people have done and all the possibilities that they have available to them. So that's that's really amazing. Uh, thank you so much for, for doing that. I think you're definitely very inspirational to a lot of people and to the, the kids that, that get to meet you. What is usually like a, a piece of advice that you would give young women or young girls that are trying to get into, into STEM? I think that a lot of us, we look at, you know, something that is challenging and that is not necessarily just related to engineering, but in, in this subject that we're talking right now, um, yes, it's, it's about engineering, but we look at something that looks hard. I mean, there is no way that you can look at like a, a super like differential equations and, and look at it and say, oh, it's a piece of cake. It's not. <laughs> Even if you've studied for a very long time, it, it's just not. But you just you just have to look at it and, and accept that it's challenging. But if you get your mind around that, you can do it for everyone that's done anything that it's hard. Uh, no one was born knowing things. You just have to accept that it's not going to be easy, but accept that it's doable. It was never easy for any of us. We all, we all struggled at one point because it's, it's, a, it's a challenging thing to do, but it's, it's very much doable. We all have the same brain capabilities and it's all about getting our mind to it and starting slow and step by step. And, and in the end, the, the feeling of you know, solving a problem, which is engineering is all about solving problems and, and getting results, it's, it's so gratifying. It's so amazing. Extremely gratifying. I totally agree. I think that's amazing advice. I think through like perseverance and patience, a lot of women, especially 
would be able to just overcome the challenges that come with engineering or that engineering degree. I know it's, it can get a little intimidating at times because it is challenging and difficult, but I honestly, I'm on the same page as you. Yeah, I could definitely relate as well. I mean, like engineering school was not a piece of cake, you know, as long as like, if it's something that you want to pursue mm-hmm. and you're passionate about, you know, you're going to just you're just going to do it. Right. And, you know, I love Giovanna's perspective of, you know, like no one's born with knowing everything. It is a process, right? It's like you go to school, you learn and yeah, you might face some challenges, but you overcome that. So I love that. Giovanna, I think you're like the example of breaking stereotypes. Not only are you an engineer, but I also see that you're a bodybuilder. How did that journey go about? How did you become a fitness model? (laughs) Yeah, so like I I was telling you guys earlier, I played tennis since I was very little and I played tennis in college. And once I actually graduated, um, my my first job was in Philadelphia. So I moved from super hot weather from Brazil to super hot weather to Daytona Beach to Philadelphia, (laughs) where, you know, it snows and there's shoveling involved in all of that. And not just that, but I was, instead of, in a way, uh, getting everything for free for, for me to be able to play tennis and having to practice for, you know, four hours a day to sitting by my desk for 10, 12 hours a day because I was trying to, you know, learn as much as I could. And that was a big transition for me because I wasn't able to play as much as I, as I wanted before. And so although I was being very happy on my life with everything that I was doing with my career, there was still a lot missing on the sense of, you know, I've been an athlete all my life. What now? And I try to play tennis and I try to find some people to play with, but it wasn't as convenient as before. And in a way, it wasn't as easy to find people at, you know, very high levels to practice with every day. And and just the whole snowing situation, where do I play? So it was just becoming more challenging and I wasn't playing as much. And when I did play, I wasn't playing at the same level because I wasn't able to practice as much. So I was craving that a physical challenges in my life. And that's when I picked up bodybuilding. Um, I had been lifting anyway since I was very young because we did that for tennis practice more to prevent injuries. So I already knew very well about, you know, form and I had very good, you know, mind muscle connections and I was very aware of my body. So I had a, a head start. And so I just put more and more time and, and energy into the bodybuilding because it was something that would, you know, make me feel good, release those endorphins, but also challenge me to, you know, eventually step on stage and compete with other with other girls. And I was also traveling a lot at a time, going on the field to work. And anywhere you go, you can find a gym. And right now, more than ever, we know that even if we don't have a gym, we can work out from home. <laughs> so I was able to do that um, and not have to worry about the, the tennis part anymore. So I continue and, and I stepped on stage for the first time in 2018. And it was so amazing. It was such a, a great feeling. And it was very, very extremely challenging. And I love that. So I fell in love with the sport and, and I'm doing it still. 
That is so amazing. I always see like you guys, the bodybuilders, like these women are so strong. And when you guys go on stage, you guys are just like, I feel like you guys are so powerful. And you know, like this like self-confidence of like just putting yourself out there. How does it feel going on stage and just displaying all of your hard work, you know, when you like go up there and present? Like, how is that experience for you? So first of all, it's very bright, <laughs> so you can't see much. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's The thing about bodybuilding is that although at the end of the day you are competing with other girls or other people that are on stage with you, it's a lot about uh, you against yourself. So we call it like a, the package that you bring um, so that whatever you step on stage with, that's your package. So you always want to be better than what you were before. And stepping on stage just makes it more motivating because, you know, the people are going to be looking at you. And, and it's just very, very, like you said, it's empowering because, you know, you've put all the effort that, that you had and all your energy to do this thing. And now you're there. So it's, it's a very amazing feeling stepping out there and just, you know, showing all that hard work really in a physical form. No, yeah, I bet. I mean, you are definitely you know, breaking stereotypes of being a bodybuilder, being a controls engineer, being a fitness model, right? And now you're in Los Angeles. So you went to Daytona, Florida for college, you graduated. So what brought you to LA? Yeah, so um, when I was traveling for my previous job, I went to Brazil, I, I traveled all over the United States. And I fell in love with California. I was mostly going to Northern California, but I would come more to Southern California as well. And out of all the places that I had been with, I think it's the one by far that connected the most uh, with myself. Just, you know, the energy, the people, the beliefs, the amazing weather. It, it just really, I always was very drawn into California. And so an opportunity came for me to come out here for a job. And so I took it and I'm, I'm so happy I did. I, I love California so much. I love that I'm able to, you know, drive 10 minutes and I'm on the beach and drive an hour and see snow. And uh, the dry weather makes, you know, our hair look amazing. <laughs> and it, it's just amazing. I love it out here. I love also how much there is to do. There is a lot of it on the sense of I'm, I'm very much into, into music and like you mentioned before, metal. And I think out of the, the world, honestly, L.A. is the place where there's the most out of it. So moving out here has been really amazing for me. But I moved out here for a job in completely different industry. So from the hydroelectric industry, I moved to um, refineries. So I was work working with oil and gas. And, and so I, I wasn't traveling as much anymore but just being out here in California just made up for for me not traveling anymore and I was just happy to be out here and then on the on the timeline of, of my work and now getting to the fire part of 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 it I was actually during the time that I was working for this company that we worked in you know uh, oil and gas this one company reached out to me and I had no idea what they were about. And once I, I heard about it, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know this was even a possibility for, for anyone to do. It's, it was just so amazing to me. So it's 
I pretty much work on, I think the easiest way to explain to you guys what it is. You've been to Las Vegas, the Bellagio fountains. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we do that. So the Bellagio fountains in a way it's, it's, it's not, it's I wouldn't show, say simple. Right? Yeah. It, it's a, a show. show. Yeah, it's, a, it's a fountain show. It's a, it's a water fountain show. So, so it, it was now adding things to engineering that I never really thought that I would be able to put together in my life. So I've always been into art and music and, and you know, uh, tattoos and, and poetry. So very much on that side of my life was one thing. And then, you know, the engineering, which is like reason and, and, and logic and all of that. And, and I never thought that I would be able to, you know, marry those things together in my life. And then suddenly this opportunity came to be where, you know, I would be able to work on control systems, but of the systems now that do have music and, and it's magical seeing like all that, that show and the water and, and the music. And, and most of the, the projects that I'm working on now, we have fire. So it's what we have at the Bellagio, but in much, much different configurations than now you have also like uh, you're shooting fire and you have fire candles and you have fog and you have ice and it's it's just so incredible it's all over the world you know different a lot of different countries and and when this opportunity came to be i was like what this is like absolutely amazing and and perfect job that i i didn't know existed so um, that's what i do now and i'm just so happy that i'm able to marry those two things in my life and i'm so happy every day to wake up and, and do the work and then see it coming to life Definitely talk about dream job. Wow, that's so amazing. Yeah, that sounds so cool. Yvonne, you're really teaching us that, you know, you could definitely emerge your love for problem solving, your love for engineering, and apply it to industries that just meet your personal interests, right? Like you said, you you loved music, you you were all into, you know, you had that artistic view of things. And somehow you were able to merge both of your passions into one that now you do control systems for like amazing water and fire shows. Like I would have not even thought that that was like a possibility in control system, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's the same with me. I mean, I had seen the Bellagio Fountains before and although I am an engineer and I am a curious person, I never um, dug that deep into it. I just thought, yeah, it's beautiful. I want to watch it again, but I never really thought about how much actually went behind it, but it's a lot, you know, it's, it's a whole control systems intricate and it, it's, it's just so interesting. A hundred percent. I am, I am like <laughs> speechless. I, I never even thought about it either. I mean, when you, when you see it, yeah, it's like, it's beautiful and you want to continue watch it and watching it, but the engineering, I guess that goes behind it and never even consider it like, like you said. So that is so cool. I'm, I definitely want to go back and just watch them and just think about the engineering yeah. behind it, to be honest. Um, but that seems like an amazing job. I'm so happy that you were able to like your your whole journey beginning in Brazil led you um, to the job that you you currently have now. So in addition to like engineering and bodybuilding, what would you say something that you like to do in your free time? Would that be music? What is your, I guess, guess self-care outlet that you go Um, towards? I think, yeah, music, it's a huge part of me. It's always been very, very strong in my life. Um, 
I've always like, if I was down or if I was happy, if I was, you know, going through things in my life, I've, I always had music in a way. It's always been a very, very large part of, of who I am. I think there is uh, power in music and, and it's magical. And uh, it is, a, it's a big part of, of me and who I am. Um, so yeah, there's, there's that. And, and I like nature as well. So like I said, being here in, in California, I get a little bit of a lot of parts of, of nature. Yeah, I could definitely relate to Gio, um, Giovanna from, you know, being in California, we're just surrounded by beautiful mountains and you're able to go and hike up or even during the winter time, you're able to go snowboarding. And if it's a warm day in November, you could also go to the beach and take a swim. Um, so I could definitely relate to that, just being outdoors and just enjoying that time. Yeah, definitely. So as as we wrap up the episode, I wanted to give you the opportunity to let our listeners know uh, where they can find you, how they can connect with you, if they have any questions about possibly like a similar career path. Yeah, so I'm on, on Instagram and Facebook. So it's, it's lyric underscore rain underscore. So that's my social media name. And I'm always more than happy to talk about anything engineering related, um, even bodybuilding related, if that's the case. But mm-hmm. I love when people ask me things about engineering and about, you know, what they can do next. Nowadays, yes, going to college, it's, it's, I believe it's amazing, but there's always the internet. Nowadays, we have this a great tool that has so much knowledge that we can, we can learn. So I would be glad to, you know, give more direction and just talk things through so feel free to reach out to me thank you so much for that i know we'll definitely have people interested in everything your, your knowledge that you have to offer so thank you for joining us today giovanna yeah thank you guys so much for having me this was a lot of fun Thank you, Giovanna, for joining us. I loved hearing about your journey just from being a 12-year-old girl, loving loving aerospace, going into mechanical engineering, and just finding your true passion in control systems and merging everything that you love into one. And also, you know, breaking stereotypes, being a bodybuilder, a fitness model. Um, you know, we love highlighting women engineers like that, that you don't have to fit into this mold that society tells you that you have to either act or look like, you know, it's like you could be yourself and you could be yourself and thrive in the engineering industry. So thank you so much for joining us today. And yes, please connect with Giovanna and her Instagram. I see your self-confidence just radiating through Instagram and I love your vibe. Um, And it's everything that we need to empower women. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, Gals Chat, powered by Engineering Gals. I am your co-host, Maritza. And this was your co-host, Laura. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, don't forget to leave us a review because it helps us a ton. And we can't wait to chat with you next Monday.